If you always got more months left than money, what we need you to do is we need you to reevaluate one, the bills, how you spending money and where do you need another stream of income coming at? Because if you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through a lot of money. If you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through a pandemic check. If you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through an income tax refund. If you, got, if you can't handle that, then we know what you're going to do when you get paid every two weeks. I just want to say, I want to take a minute, right? I just want to take a minute and just say, think big, bitch. Just want to start off like that. Want to start off like that, right? Like, I'm in the, like, I'm gonna just keep it 100% right now, y'all. It's something that I always do. But man, I want you to think big tonight. Yeah. Yeah. To everybody that's returning, to everybody that's coming back for Tuesday dinner, let me say, welcome home. To everybody that's new to the trap, right? To everybody that's new to the trap, to somebody that's new, I want you to, I want you to come sit at the table with the travelers. Come sit at the table with the travelers. Come, come, come eat with us. Because a family that eat together can eat together. So I just want to say, welcome home. Listen, man, before we get started, man, everybody do me a favor tonight. Tonight, I just, I want to break a record tonight. Like, I want, usually we somewhere around 1,800. I want to break a record tonight. I want to get to 2,000 people in a trap tonight. I want, like, I'm thinking big. Women got a billboard in Times Square that said trapping Tuesday because we thinking big. I told my whole team, listen, if you won't be here, you gotta think big. Ain't no room for doubt. Ain't no room for worry. Ain't no room for self-sabotage. Ain't no room for nothing but people and energy that think big. And if you ain't got that in you, you're in the wrong plot. So what I want everybody here to do for me tonight, I want you to take this button, first you like it, and then I want you to send it to somebody and say, hey, tap him on my dude tonight, he on it. Everybody do that for me, that don't cost you nothing. Tap in, look, get on, like it, and then set that, send that to your people and say, tap into my homie tonight, like he the real deal. First of all, we want to shout out awareness to all the queens out here who's overcome breast cancer, who in the struggle, who, like, we here with you. We fighting with you. You got a seat at the table. This my here, you sit at the front of the table. I'm going to move my chair to the side because we at a round table, but we're going to get you center of attention. This your month. I want to take a minute, man, because I lost a dear friend of mine named Ashley and, uh, 
once in 2019, 18, 19, I can't remember exactly, I apologize. But I remember Ashley, man, she was a beautiful spirit. She was a beautiful soul, man. And um, when, she, when, she, when she got diagnosed with breast cancer, um, she, she fought. And she fought. And she fought a hell of a fight. I'm talking about I ain't seen nobody travel that much in my life. She was in Hawaii. She was just moving. And she said, free, man, this crap ain't going to beat me. She changed the diet. She did everything. And I remember her going to that hospital, ringing that bell because she beat it. I remember that. And I remember talking to her. We both kind of like cried. I was like, yeah, man. And then about a month later, it came back. And it came back super hard. And it came back super aggressive. And I remember calling on her phone. I remember her telling me, man, Frida, I'm, I'm tired. And I heard the defeat in her voice. And me being the person I am, I was like, Ash, uh-uh, uh-uh. Ain't no such thing, man. Get up. Fight. That's what we do. We fight. We don't give up. And she said, free, I'm just tired this time. And sometimes motivation ain't enough. Sometimes inspiration ain't enough. Sometimes you just got to let people have it their way. And I respected her wishes. And I remember she sent me a long text. She said, free man, I love you. And I appreciate what you stand for. I had just started this. And she said, it's going to be global. She said, the world ain't ready for you. Your energy, how, how raw you are. She said, people going to look at you and they not going to know what they got. But the one thing they're going to get when they leave you, they're going to say, damn. And I just want to tell you, Ashley, man, I love you and I appreciate you for just believing in me. You passed away so young. No kids. Graduated from college. And I talked to her sister and she said, Ashley told her, I'm all right, y'all. I'm just tired. So I just want to take that moment. You know that. Ash, I miss you. We all miss you. I talked to your sister the other day. <laughs> we always think about you. Mardi Gras was her favorite day of the year. We appreciate you. Even when you had cancer, you made us, you inspired us all. And I like to say that cancer didn't win that fight. I like to say that you went home and got some rest. And I just want you to know we all appreciate you, Ash. And man, we all love you. And I can promise you this world ain't the same without you. 
So let me just take a moment, y'all. Just a moment. To honor my girl, Ash. Just one moment. All right, y'all. Check it, man. Hey, man, we got a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful episode this week, man. Do me a favor right quick, man. Like this. Subscribe to the channel. Man, share this to your people. You feel me? And don't forget, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern time, we drop on every streaming platform there is. Check it out, man. Before I even get into this episode, I did something amazing when I was in New York. I had the honor, I had the privilege to, to rocking out with, 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 the, with the legend, Joe Budden. Salute to him and his team for inviting us on, right? Um, we need Joe to drop that whole two-hour episode on the YouTube because we cooked in that goddamn thing. We cooked that thing like some low man. You know what I mean? We was in that thing like... <laughs> But before I get to I want to give y'all a snippet of it. That's, hey, roll that beautiful bean footage right quick, man. So, Trap, what is, what is financial trauma? Right? Make, make, make that make sense to me, Trap, because when I started saying it, people were like, what the hell is that shit? Right, so here's a form of financial trauma. If you're badly paying the bills, right, Christmas comes. You go spend a whole bunch of money on Christmas presents, and that puts you deeper in a hole, and you say some shit like, as long as my child can enjoy Christmas, I'm good. That's financial trauma, because you've now taught your children, right? You show them, because children do not what we say, but they do it, replicate what they see us do. So I've taught my child, if I'm doing that, I've taught my child that it's okay to struggle and then spend a whole bunch of money on some shit that we don't need just so you can have fun in the moment. And then mama and daddy got to struggle to pay that shit off. You feel me? We talking financial trauma. We just talking one phase of it, right? We, we, we talking every day you getting up and you've bought into the system that the only way you can make the most money is by trading the most time. Now you mentally, emotionally, and financially frustrated. Financial trauma. Listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda, listen, <laughs> listen, listen, man, so definitely, man, um, we definitely can't wait to join his team, drop that, man, it's going to be an amazing episode, listen, man, I tell y'all, man, when I go on somewhere and talk, I'm talking and I'm representing for the trappers, man, you feel me, so I want to open up, I want to say something like this, man. As you hear me talking about financial trauma, right? As you hear me talking about uh, uh, unanchoring ourselves from these beliefs, you know what I'm saying? As we hear these things, like that's where I'm at. I want to ask you a question. Are you the agent for generational wealth in your family? Are you the agent? To survive or even think about success, you must be willing to take on some form of risk. And our greatest risk, our greatest enemy of accomplishing the vision that's in our head 
is fear. Our greatest enemy to accomplishing success, to establishing wealth, is fear. The fear of failure, the fear of losing out on money, the fear of what do I think they'll say. But y'all know my saying about fear, finally exiting average reality. Finally exiting average reality. What that means is for every level we get to, once we do it long enough, it becomes our average. The thing about something being your average is most people will get comfortable at average. Most people will get comfortable at average. Here's why most people get comfortable at average, because it takes so much out of you to go from negative to positive. It takes so much out of you because you start from behind the eight ball. It takes so much out of you because you're starting from lack. It takes so much out of you because you're starting from a deficit. So to get to break even, that takes everything that you had in the tank. And some people don't want to fill it back up. Because to fill it back up means... I'm ready to go to war again. I'm ready to get on the road again. I'm ready to get on the journey again. Here's the dope part about it, right? Like once you leave out of your house, like you get in a car, you really don't know what's ahead of you. You have a vision in your mind of what you want to happen. In your mind, you say, yo, I'm going to get out of the car. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go to the office. I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to go here. That is the mindset. You get in the car with the end in mind. You get in the vehicle with the end in mind. But you never know what's going to transpire from the time you start till you get to your final destination. You never know what's going to happen in there. So here's what I want you to understand. The minute you put gas in your car or the minute you charge your electric car up every day, you're saying to yourself, I'm willing to take the risk to go from start to finish. I am willing to take the risk to go on whatever the destination, excursion, or journey that I set my mind to go on. Well, here's the thing, y'all. In order to get to a level that you have never been to, you must fill the tank back up. You must fill the tank back up. See, I need you to understand that every stage of your life is designed to help you gain a clear perspective. Say that again. Every stage of your life is designed to help you gain a clear perspective. Everything repeats itself. 
The sun goes up, the sun comes down. That is the most powerful thing going on. If the sun go up and the sun go down, then we now know that everything in between is going to repeat itself. That's the most self-sustaining thing we need. Everything repeats itself. The thing that gives us access to the next level, watch this, y'all. Watch this. The thing that gives us access to the next level is how we respond to an obstacle that we've already faced. Okay, let's say it again. Like, I'm going to really, we're going to we'll say it again. The thing that gives you access to the next level is how you respond to an obstacle that you've already faced. Mm. Okay, let's, let's, make it, let's make it even, like, let's make it clear. Like, because my thing is not to just talk in circles. I don't like to talk in riddles. I like to tell a story, paint the picture, and then give you that aha moment. That's what I love to do. Because I only talk and speak from my experiences that I've had in life. So let's make it real simple. When we were young, we played Mario Brothers. When we were young, we played Sonic the Hedgehog. Right? When we were young, we played these games. Now, here's the thing. Very few of us, very few of us got to the next level the first time we got to that stage. Very few of us. Very few of us beat that stage the first time we got there. What we had to do? Play it again. We had to play it again. Because when you played it again, you then understood now what the landscape was on that level, you also understood some of the obstacles that came with that level. So now when you saw that obstacle, you responded different. And when you responded different, it gave you access to the next level. Now, here's the crazy part. Some of us, it took us multiple times before we could meet that level. But the lesson in that was, we never quit. Jose, I don't even think they smelling that. <laughs> I don't even think they realize how simple that was. You never quit. And check this out. Some of us, we got so good, we got to the end, we beat King Cooper, we beat whoever that other, that, that top tier person was, Mike Tyson punch out, we beat Gladys Joe, but we got the mic and he hit a boom, boom, right? But when we beat Mike, what did we do? We played the game over again. We ran through it. We tested ourselves. And then we got mad because they didn't create another one fast enough for us. Why? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Why? Because finally exiting average reality. 
after you beat Mike Tyson so many times, he became the average. After you beat King Cooper so many times, he became the average. And now you're like, yo, where is Tyson 2? Where is Mario 2? Where is Sonic the Hedgehog 2? Where I need this ain't hard enough. I'm about to go play Super Contra. I'm about to go play Double Dragon. I'm about to play because this ain't hard enough. I'm telling you the same thing goes with life, y'all. Life is a game. It's full of obstacles. There's some gifts on the way. There's some cheat codes along the way. Trapping tooth is a cheat code. <laughs> There's some cheat codes on the way. There's some help on the way that you can get. And even if you lose, when you start over, you get a little better the next time around. So let's start back from the beginning, y'all. Are you the agent for generational wealth? See, when you have a little money, those lessons make it easier for you to have a lot of money. Man, trap me, trap Say that again. When you have a little money, that lesson, that hardship, your ability to stretch that little money your ability to maneuver that little money makes it easy you for to handle a lot of money later on. If you can't handle a little money, you damn sure ain't going to be able to handle a lot of money. Appreciate you, Queen, for the super chat. If you can't handle a little money, if you always got more months left than money, what we need you to do is, we need you to reevaluate one, the bills, how you spend the money, and where do you need another stream of income coming at? Because if you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through a lot of money. If you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through a pandemic check. If you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through an income tax refund. If you can't handle a little money, you're going to run through inheritance. <laughs> that mess is deep and we just getting started. You're going to run through it. If you, got, if you can't handle that, then we know what you're going to do when you get paid every two weeks. We know what you're going to do when you get paid every week. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to start looking at your personal balance sheet, income statement, cash flow statement. I want you to start looking at that. I want you to start asking yourself, yo, how much money do I make every week how much money do I make every month? I want you to take the money that you make with your money coming in. That's your income statement. It's the money coming in. And then your cash flow statement. I want you to look at how the money is flowing through your entire operation. What is your operation? 
How do you spend the bills? How do you spend money? How do you lend money? How do you invest money? What are your investing activities? What are your cash flowing activities? What are your operational activities? I need you to look at those. And then I want you to look at your balance sheet. I want you to look at all of your assets and all of the liabilities. And let's see Let's see what that net profit is. Let's look at what we call the bottom line. Let's see. Because we can't truly build wealth if we don't know where we stand at financially. It's easy to say, man, I need more money. I need more money. When you ain't never looked at your financial frameworks. (laughs) <laughs> you ain't even looking at your financial frameworks all you keep saying is I need more money what you need more money for you need more money to spend you need more money to blow or you need more money to smoke weed you need more money to drink alcohol you need more money to buy clothes you need more money to play fan duel You need more money to buy a Louis bag. You need more money because you keep spending all your money in Mac, Sephora. You need more money because you keep spending all your money on all the the gadgets on Call of Duty. You keep buying more guns on Call of Duty. You keep buying more adjustments to your guns on Call of Duty. You keep buying all the cheat codes inside of God Dog on Men. Or do you need more money because you invest in it? Or do you need more money because you invest in it? That's why I need more money. I need money because I'm investing like crazy. I need more money because I'm trying to build different businesses. I need more money from me and my, my team doing because we try, we putting billboards all across the world. We need more money because we building here. But not only we building, but we impacting. So I got to pay for my team to travel because that's come from me. But we building. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is the personal balance sheet? Income statement and cash flow statement look like before you just say I need more money. Because if I teach you how to get a million dollars and you haven't corrected the issues that you had when you were thinking about a million dollars, all I did was make you a rich slave. And I damn sure ain't doing that. So understand this. All of your experience are opportunities to gain more power, to gain more money, to gain more abundance. Let's go, man. Travel to the building. We here, y'all. Woo-hoo! We here, man. Do me a favor, man. 
Hit that like button, man. Share it to somebody, you dig? Let them know, man, my boy Trap, my guy, the king. He in it tonight. He on it tonight. He feeling it. He got the pink shirt on. He got the pink crew neck on. He in his bag tonight. You feel me? <laughs> Let's go, man. So, man, listen, we had a crazy day to day on the market. Um, this segment, my bad. Let me start over. Let me back up. We are live. Let me back up. We're live. Every Tuesday at 7 p.m., Trapping Tuesdays is brought to you live by the Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network. The Wall Street Looks Like Us Now Network is a network that is designed, crafted, and founded by me. But my goal is to make financial literacy, to make investing relatable, to make you a better investor, to make my people uh, legacy builders, first generation millionaires. But most importantly, but most importantly, to help you create generational freedom. The Wall Street looks like us and our network is not just a YouTube channel. It's not just an audio thing on the streaming networks. It will soon be a global channel that will change the lives of millions. To all my trappers, welcome home. To all my guests, you got to sit at a table with us. To all my haters, and we got to play for you too. Because we, that is a low vibrational play. <laughs> this is a high vibrational play. That is a low vibrational play. <laughs> hey, yo, we make financial literacy fun, man. We make investment literacy fun here. So welcome, man. So this segment is brought to you by Word on the Street. Man, y'all know me, man. Y'all know I love, I love, love, love to keep the street. Why? Because, man, listen, we understand one thing for sure and two things for certain. That the street get the word before everybody else get it, man. So listen, man, today we had a hell of a day. We had a hell of a day. Um, the S&P 500, man, we had a late rally. Like, we, we had a late rally at the day, right? So the S&P 500 is down 0.65%. The S&P 500 is down 0.65%. And I got something to talk about about that, too, a little later. Um, the Dow Jones is up 0.12%, led by Amgen, Walmart, and Nike. Amgen, Walmart, and Nike. Right, Amgen served, Amgen serves 5% today. That's the SM on um, the Amgen served 5% today. Um, Walmart did 2.5% today. It's not bad. NASDAQ man is down 1.10%. It is lagging really hard by Lamb Research. Um, Netflix, but also the semiconductor sector is truly, true. The, the semiconductor sector is truly um, taking a beating, y'all. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I am not, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, discouraged in the semis. So one of the things I want us to understand, too, is that we are in a, a phase where high interest rates, so I'm going to talk about this later, too, right? So high interest rates are the enemy of most technology stocks. 
right? High interest rates and strong dollar, a strong dollar is the enemy of growth. Mm. Okay? Right? Here, but here's what I want us to understand now. So y'all remember when I said this? I said, yo, listen, check this out. I said, I see the S&P going to 3,200. I said this. When I said that, the S&P was at 4,000. So for everybody, they looking at me like, what, trap? <laughs> for it to go to 3,200, trap, it's going to wipe out everything for the last two years. I said, of course. I said, of course. I said, it will 100% wipe away all those pandemic gains. Here's why I believe that. So what I did was I went understood in my mind. See, this is why I tell you, just understanding basic economics and understanding like how to find patterns in the market. And I will say this, I am not the best uh, chart reader in the world, but I look for patterns. Um, and I'm just looking for where I see 3,200 will wipe out all of these last two years gains. And I understood that. I understood that. Right. And so understanding what led the market rally in 2021 and 2020. Let's talk about what led that rally. The Fed punching a whole bunch of free money in the economy red led that rally. OK, why? OK, why? Let's let's dig into the why. Let's dig into the why, because I need I need you to understand why I saw what I saw. Right. So, if the Fed pumped all of that money into the economy, then all of the earnings that we had were inflated. It's kind of like somebody, oh shucks, I'm about to say this and I'm about to get in trouble, right? It's kind of like somebody selling you some work, right? The 36 O's is there, Jose. It's a thousand and seven grams. It's a thousand and seven grams. But six of them O's is procaine. Six of them O's is procaine, Jose. Six of them O's is procaine, Jose. So you know what happened, Jose, when you put it in a plastic bag? It melt. You know what happens when you put it in your mouth under your tongue? It melt. And then you get sick. And the worst thing to get sick from is bad dope. I shouldn't have said that. Because we lied. <laughs> listen, all right, I, listen, it is what it is. Y'all know, I, like sometimes that stuff just jumps in my head, man. And it is what it is, right? But what, we, what, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I'm essentially saying is this, yo. Here's what I'm essentially saying. 
What, I, what I'm essentially saying is, right? Here's what I'm essentially saying. I mean, <laughs> 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 right? Look, <laughs> what I'm essentially saying is, I understood that because those numbers from earnings that were inflated, eventually now the market is tightening up on that and those things have to pull back. Those companies at some point now have to give us what's called genuine earnings, organic earnings. So the earnings during 2020 and 2021 weren't organic earnings. That make sense? They weren't organic earnings. Right? They were earnings based on free money. You feel me? And because the, the stock market is a... F- Watch this word, y'all. Watch this phrase I'm about to hit y'all with. Watch this phrase I'm about to hit y'all with. Jose gonna type this up. The market is a forward-looking mechanism. Ooh. The market is a forward-looking mechanism. What I mean by that is the market always looks forward. So what the market says is, the market says, yo, they're pumping money in the market like this. Well, because they're doing this, the next three, four quarters should look good. Boom. The, the Fed is still pumping money in the market. Cool. The next three, four quarters should look good. So what happens is because the market is a forward looking mechanism, meaning they always look into the future. Because the market is always looking to the future, now when things change, when things change inside of the market, what happens is the market reacts. Does that make sense? Is we trapping right now? (laughs) Is we trapping right now? (laughs) Okay, so the market is what's called a forward-looking mechanism. Right? Right? So let's run through that. Because the market is a forward-looking mechanism, what the market does is it looks at what's going on today and prices that in the future. Ooh, man, nobody can't talk this like me, bro. Say, they better stop playing with me. Jose, I need that button. Stop playing with me. I need that on my buttons. Right? See what the market does. The market looks at what's happening now and it prices it in for the next two quarters at least. Right? It prices it in. Now, when something happens right now and it interrupts that pattern, when it interrupts that pattern, the market doesn't look forward in that moment. The market reacts in pessimism. So here's two things I want you to understand. The market looks forward with optimism, but it reacts in the moment in pessimism. <laughs> Gee, we cooking? Oh, we're going to run it again. 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 The market looks forward. So because the market is a forward-looking mechanism, I'm saying it again because I want people to catch it, right? When I repeat something, I mean I want you to catch it, right? The market is a forward-looking mechanism, meaning whatever is happening now, if it's good, it's going to price it in to the future, right? It's going to price it into the future. Right. So the market looks, the market is optimistic and looking to the future, 
but it's pessimistic when it has to react right now in the moment. Which is why we get big sell-offs. You feel me? Listen. The market is pu- they pumping money in the market. They're pumping money in the market. The inv- okay, boom. This is going to look good in the future. This should look good for two, three quarters. Boom. Something happened that interrupt that pattern, makes people panic. You have huge sell-offs. That's why something coming in the news, you have, boom, you have a sell-off out the gate. Why? Because they react in a moment out of panic, out of pessimism. God. Shout out to a thousand people in the trap, man. Shout out to a thousand people in the trap. I told y'all, if you ain't thinking big, like we come to have high-level conversations, but we come to have them in our language. We're going to have high-level conversations, but we're going to have them in our language so that everybody can use the information and adapt. All right, let's move forward, man. Damn, that felt good, yo. All right, man, let's get into this next segment called a heat check, man. So, man, today the market was crazy, right? So we had 3,335,178 calls. Right, and then we had 3,498,765 puts. So when you see that put the call ratio today, it was at 0.96. Now earlier, when I looked at it earlier, it was deep. It was, it was deep in the trenches, but it scaled back. It scaled back. Right, and because it scaled back, you know, we had something good happen at the end. What we saw was, um, we saw that some more calls came in. Even though we had more puts, um, we saw more calls came in. Today we had, look at this number, y'all. We had 6,833,943 options in play today. Let that sink in. That's a lot of people moving money. So when you wonder why your money going one way or another, this is it. So when you see that call ratio, do you see the market lighting up? When you see that put ratio heavy, you, that's why I give you all this ratio every week, man. Today the ratio was 0.96. Here's what I want you to understand. Anything over one, that means the market is in extreme fear. All right, let's move forward, y'all. We're always giving game, man. Do me a favor. Like it, subscribe this, and share it with somebody right now. Like it, subscribe it, and share it with somebody right now. We have 18,000 subscribers to this channel. We about to hit that 20K mark. That is amazing because we have only been pushing this for two months, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate everybody that support the channel. Thank you all so much. Everybody who support with the Super Chats, everybody who tells somebody to do something, that's cool. All right, so look at the 10 industries today, man. Consumer stables. Uh, consumer stables actually was almost 1% to the good today, and that's not bad. Uh, industrials is an industry that I love, right? Industrials is an industry that I love because that's where you get the boring companies from. You get all the boring companies from industrials. Um, real estate was all a little bit over 1% today. Not bad. Um, but everything else is in the negative, man. We're talking about energy, financials, uh, healthcare. Almost did. Healthcare almost did a little good today, too. This where you can also find some more boring companies, which is where you had your AMG and did good today, Johnson & Johnson. So pretty good, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. Uh, let's move forward, man. Whoo, I like it. I like it. Um, Today, the market was true, actually in extreme fear. That's what we talked about earlier. 
Right, we saw them in that fear stage. That's why we had those huge, huge, like they woke up this morning and it was just like, I woke up this morning feeling like they were tripping this morning. Um, and it was an extreme fear. Um, here's the levels. Um, just showing you some level from 0 to 25 is extreme fear. From 25 to 50 is fear. 50 equals neutral. Uh, 50 to 75 equals greed. And 75 to 100 equals extreme greed. I mean, the market is extremely oversold. So what I want you to understand is when you see extreme fear, right? When you get extreme fear, that means the market is selling off. We was at an 18. I like to get, like, again, you remember I told y'all something before? I said, man, I base all my investment decisions off data. So when I be showing y'all these things, this be the data I be looking at. Okay, this was going on. That's why I'm telling I can sit in front of my TV and watch everything stock market, economy related and never have to look at nothing else. You feel me? I don't never got to look at nothing else. This excites me. This excites me. All right, so let's go a little forward, man. How y'all feeling, man? Like, subscribe. So let's, let me take y'all through something, man. The worst three performers, I wanted y'all to see this right quick, right? The worst three performers last quarter on the Dow Jones were Verizon, down 25% in one quarter. Intel, we're going to talk about them a little later, down 31% in one quarter. And Nike, down 8% in one quarter. These were the worst three performers on the Dow last quarter as we enter Q4, man. Right, but here's the best three performers on the Dow, right? The best three performers last quarter was Apple, up 1.18%. Walmart, right? Wally World, Wally, 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 Right? So Wally World, man, Walmart was up 6.7%. Home Depot up 0.06%. And what I like to say about Walmart is resilient, man. Like, you can say what you want about Walmart, man, but they're resilient. They just know how to not be, like, they're going to always put themselves in position. Right? I, like, you're not going to play with them. Like one of the things about Walmart is um, Walmart actually has a store. Watch this, Jose. Watch this, G. Walmart actually has a store within 10 miles of its ideal customer. Walmart creates a store. Whether it's a Walmart, a big Walmart, whether it's a neighborhood Walmart. Like you know they got the little, like it ain't the Carter, but it's a trap house. Right? <laughs> right? Walmart has it. They place a store within 10 miles of its ideal customer. And if you look at their 10K report, when they talk about their consumer, who their ideal consumer is, they tell you that the placement of where they put their Walmarts at is more strategic than anything else. That's a fact. So think about it. Walmart actually put a Walmart in any, any identify who their ideal customer is. Guess who their ideal customer is? Urban America and rural America. So they put them in the hood, they put them on the outskirts. You feel me? They put them in the hood and then they put them on the outskirts. But never in the middle, you know what I'm saying? 
But if you look at Target, Target only puts their stores in what? Prime, middle class. So Target's, watch this. So now I'm about to go a little deep with y'all. Target's demographic is, now watch, I'm not saying this, like I'm not saying this, Come on, I'm broke, baby. I ain't got no money. <laughs> so, target demographic is middle-aged white women. They tell you. The middle-aged white woman is the target premium consume. So here's, here's how I know this. Every, because... <laughs> Right? But here's the thing. Every business that you, every business has to identify who their ideal consumer really is. Because when you understand who your ideal consumer is, now you put your stores in their range. Right? And that's whether you're on the street or whether you, you put your product in the range of who your ideal consumer is. This is what it is. So if you go look it up, if somebody go look this up right now, who is Target's ideal customer? Gonna, you're gonna Google it, boop, it's gonna pop up, it's gonna bring you to this website. The website gonna say Target's ideal customer is middle-aged white woman between this age bracket, between this age range. I wanna say it's 25 and 35 or 35 and 44, right? This income, and they'll go a little deeper and say marital status or not. I'm keeping it real. Like when I look up a company, I like Chipotle. Their demographic is teenagers, preferably college, right? That are semi-health conscious. That's their demographic. You would think that Chipotle's demographic would be what? Spanish people or something, Latinos. Cause they make burritos. And I'm not being racist here, y'all. Like Church's Chicken is in the hood. Who is that demographic? Poor black people. Why? We like greasy chicken and honey biscuits, man. That's what it is, man. <laughs> oh, Dad, hey, say it, Dad. I'm not being racist, bro. Chipotle, you feel what I'm saying? Like, I'm gonna leave that alone. It's just, it's making me sound bad the more I say this shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. Target's average customer is a white woman, 39 years old, white, married with a household income of 80,000, business insider. Can y'all give me my due? Can y'all give me my due? Can I, can I give my?
Yo, like, I really love this. I'm glad somebody lifted up and put it. Like, I really love this game. But I got to, I don't want people to think I'm tripping. But when I look up companies, I look up, like, who is there? That's why when I did the Trapper Method, the Trapper Method was about you understand. That's what we did in the Trapper Method. In that Trapper Method course, it was about breaking down, like, understanding, is the company living up to what it knows its, its strong points are? Like, if, if, it would make no sense for Target to be in the hood. Statistically, they out the people, they out their people price range. Just, just statistically. From, from stats. But you put Walmart there. Walmart don't never say that I got the best quality. It say I'm a low price leader. It don't never say you're going to come here and get the best of anything. It says you're going to get the best price. Now, when you put the clothes on, you wash them, it's over. Take two steps in it, it's going to tell. You're running the shoes, the soul come on. It's just a fact. All right, man, let me move. Let me move. Let me move, because they think I'm tripping right now, man. <laughs> Let's go. Next segment, man. Listen, y'all. So, man, um, we have now entered... We have now entered earnings season, y'all. Um, and so what earnings seasons represent... Wait up. For one, let me take one second to shout out my graphic guy. I told him this 20 minutes before the show. I said, hey, man, my, hey, it's earnings season. I need to slide for that. I needed to have this, 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 and this on it. I need Jason and Freddie on it. I need you to put that on it right quick. 30 minutes. 30 minutes, he give me that. So shout out my guy, man. I've been rocking with that dude for 10 years right now, man. Shout out to my guy, man. But I ain't gonna say his name because I don't need none of y'all trying to find him, you hear me? So chill, right? I got him on the strict lock and key, you hear me? So listen, it is earning season, y'all. So what that means is, it means that every company that is on the stock market has to tell us what they have done these past 90 days, what they're looking forward to moving forward, right? And they have to give us the reason why they did or did not make earnings. Right? So, earnings are definitely going to be really, really, really scary this quarter. So, here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. My prediction is that a lot of companies will lower their earnings. Watch this, y'all. See, I like, Jose, I like to say stuff so that people can, like, write it down, and then I know they be tweaking to say, you was wrong, Trap. I be know they be tweaking to say, you was wrong. But here's what I want you to understand. A lot of companies will lower their guidance. And because they're going to lower their guidance, watch this. They're going to lower guidance. And this time around when they lower guidance, the market might not reward them. Here's why. 
Remember earlier I talked about inflated earnings. Right? We talked about inflated earnings. Now, over the last couple quarters, what's been happening was because companies were lowering guidance and the market was still rewarding those companies for hitting those lower guidance. Right? The market was rewarding companies for lowering guidance and hitting it. Now, normally the market never does that. In a, in, a, in a proper cycle, the market will not reward a company that lowers guidance, right? A mar- the market will not reward a company that lowers guidance, right? So, gui- all right, guidance means that a company is saying, hey, remember I told you, the market is a what? What is the market? A forward-looking mechanism, right? So every quarter... The, the market, the company has to say, hey, this is what we did this quarter. This is what we we're going to do next quarter based on what we did this quarter. Based on the numbers that we see here, here's our estimation that we we're going to do next quarter. So for the next 90 days, we we're going to do this. That makes sense, everybody? Listen, I, I think I'm a pretty good teacher, man. But you're going to teach like this if you love this game. You know what I'm saying? You're going to teach like this if you love the game. Right? So, Here's what the market's gonna do. Now we talked y'all that, and the reason why I told you that. So the, the market is a forward-looking mechanism. So even companies and their owners, they have to say, this is what we did this quarter, whether good or bad. Whether good or bad, this is what we did this quarter. Based on these estimates, here's what I think we're capable of doing next quarter. Does that make sense? All right, there we go. Right now, normally, when you lower guidance, the market does not reward you. Over the last few quarters, once inflation got really high, the market still rewarded peak companies for doing that. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. Based on numbers, this based on numbers. This off the top of my head, too, because I, I play the game. Normally, the, S, the, S, the revenue coming out of the S&P this quarter is expected to be at 8%. Meanings, meaning a company, on average, like all the companies in the S&P 500, on average, their revenue is expected to go up 8%. Does that make sense? On average, right? So, on the, remember, the market is based on stats and data, right? Market is based on stats and data, right? This is how they can tell things. So, this quarter, they're expecting companies' revenue to grow by 8%. That is the lowest it's been since 2020. On average, the expectation is a company to... The average is the expectation for companies in the S&P 500 to grow their revenue by 10%. My team tripled. They like, yo, he doing it on top of his head right now. <laughs> My team like, yo, he doing it on top of his head right now. That's fact. Dave, I'm like that. I'm like that, Dave. That's because Ozzy got them goddamn brown shoes on. When he got the brown shoes on, I'm in my bag. You know this. Right? So... On average, on average, 
The S&P expects companies to grow revenue. On, let me say this. On average, companies in the S&P 500 grow their revenue by 10%. That's average. That's average. They're expecting it to grow by 8% this quarter, which means that's a 2% decline. They haven't saw that since 2020. Okay, let me dig a little deeper. Now I'm going to go deeper. Now I'm going to go deeper. No slide. My team about to blow their head. They're like, yo, he really got the numbers in his head like that. Check it out. I should have been, like, one of the things that inspired me was when Malcolm X, I watched, the, I watched one of my favorite biographies to watch, when the dude told Malcolm X, do it in your head. Don't write the numbers on paper. Do it in your head. Don't write the numbers on paper. Now, I'm not saying I don't write some of the numbers on paper, but I be doing a lot of numbers on paper, a lot of my head. Check this out. Earnings, on average, the earnings this quarter is expected to grow by 5%. That is the lowest it has been since Q3 2020. Q3. Now, The reason behind this is this. The biggest impact that is calling this, the biggest impact that is causing this is labor costs quarterly. Labor costs, supply chain issues, and inflation. Labor costs, supply chain issues, and inflation. Okay, okay. Why is that eating away profit? Well, one, because what it's costing people to ship work now is eating away at profit. What I used to have was profit, now I gotta pay for it in shipping costs, right? Gas, that's eating away profit. Right? Supply chain issues because of the China lockdown. Inflation issues because the dollar is so strong. Companies that have markets and companies that have strong footprints in other international markets because those markets now, this is fucking good. God damn, this is good, bro. You feel me? This is good, bro. Right? So, because the dollar is so strong, this is why you got to tap me every week because I, I broke down what a strong dollar means. Right? So, because the dollar is so strong, companies who have international strongholds, that have international strong footprints, now because their dollar is weaker, right? They got to pump more. Inflation, supply chain issues, labor costs. If my company has a strong foothold in China and all these other places, now the import export. Remember? Remember I said it the other week. Gee, you got some, Jose, you got some, I got some, Tudy got some. It's gonna cost you a little bit more to get it over here. All of this now takes a place. All of this now takes away from earnings that a company has in the U.S. 
we're talking about import-export costs. We're talking about supply chain issues being jammed. We're talking about labor costs. All of these things do one thing and one thing for sure. They take away bottom line profits. And now I don't think the market is going to reward those companies for that. Here's why. All right. <laughs> I'm cooking. I'm feeling good right now. Right? The one thing we realize is in the market where there has wiggle room, we good. But now when everybody's on edge, certain things don't get rewarded no more. Every economic cycle rewards something different. <laughs> Every economic cycle rewards something different. All right, so let's talk about the economic cycles right quick. All right, let's talk about the economic cycles right quick. So first you got what's called uh, expansion. So that's the growth phase. Growth phase, expansion. That's when, it, that's when the economy is growing. It's when the economy is growing. Right? We're talking about expansion. Now, from expansion, this is when, this is when your tech companies do really, really good. And then from expansion, you go to peak cycle. Peak cycle is when everybody's just like, okay, it's like when you blow a balloon up, and then it comes to a point when the balloon is blown up, you say, hey, it's about the bus. But you try to get that last. How many people did that before? You did that before, cuz? Like you blow a balloon up, you know it's about the bus, and you're like, shh. <laughs> right? And you're like, shh. And then you're looking for my bus. Joe, it's about the bus, it's about the bus, it's about the bus. Man, hit it again, hit it again, that's me. Hit it again, hit it again, hit it again. So you know about the bus, so you don't give it the full do that. <laughs> right, look. You know about the bus, so you don't give it the you give it the So that's the P cycle. So you have certain companies that do well in that cycle. Now, check this out. Once we get the P cycle, the bus. From P cycle, we go to recession. We go to recession. But watch this. There's another cycle after that. It's called trough. Gotcha, cuz. It's called trough. Trough is the cycle underneath the recession. That's when you can fall into a deep recession, maybe even depression. So when you on it, and when you on the TV and you hear them say from peak to trough, they're talking about from the beginning of the business cycle to the end of the business cycle. Ah. <laughs> hey, what my other one there? And I'ma keep running cause the load is shit. Hey man! Hey man! Hey! We just went to class just now! We just went to class just now! Yee! We just went to class just now! Man, where you gonna get this at? Nowhere. Man, hit the like button for me right quick, man. I ain't even gonna lie, man. Hit the like button for that right quick, man. I ain't even gonna lie, man. 
Like, just for that right there, like, we went through a whole... Hit the like button for me right quick, y'all. I ain't even gonna lie, man. Like, sometimes I just get... (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I just be... Because here's the thing, like, right in the line, Jose, like, G, like, once I start talking about it, like, my brain, like, in motion, my brain, like, coming up with things, because I love this. That's why the Wall Street looks like us and our network are going to be different than everybody else, man. And anybody, nobody don't do it like this, man. All right, cool. Let's move forward, man. Let's move forward, right? So, check it out. To all my J.P. Morgan people, right? Y'all know who this man is, right? It's Mr. Jamie Dining, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's Mr. Jamie Diamond, right? So Jamie Diamond, if you don't know who Jamie Diamond is, man, Jamie Diamond is the head of J.P. Morgan Chase, right? He is the head of that thing. He is the big dog. He be... And when Jamie talk, I'm going to keep it real. Everybody listen. Everybody listen. Understand is that J.P. Morgan is probably the biggest bank in America. They got more assets. We're not talking about hedge funds and all that. But they got more assets than any other bank. Their only next competitor is Goldman Sachs. The difference between J.P. Morgan and Goldman Sachs is J.P. Morgan deal with the everyday person. Goldman Sachs connected with Apple so they can try to touch the everyday person. But Goldman Sachs really only touch like high network individuals, right? So Jamie Dimon is the big dog. So I remember, let me tell, can I tell y'all a story right quick? Can I tell y'all a story right quick? All right, let me tell y'all a story right quick. Let me tell y'all a story right quick. So in the beginning of the pandemic, y'all done heard this story before, in the beginning of the pandemic, you know, you know, we didn't know what was going on. And one of the things I did was um, I lost my debit card. I lost my uh, business credit card. And uh, I was trying to get the people to ship the card to me the next day because I was traveling to Orlando the day after. So it's like on a Monday, it's on a Tuesday. I was going like to Orlando on a Thursday. And I called Chase Bank and I said, hey man, listen, I lost my debit, my, uh, I lost my, hey Ash, <laughs> Ashley's my rider, man. Um, I was, I had lost my business credit card. And so because I lost my business credit card, I needed it. So the JP, like they had gave me like $10,000, $15,000. No, I'm lying. They gave me $25,000 on my uh, two days. Get them, get them, get them, um, them dating bots out of my chat, bro. Two days. Erase them dating bots out of my chat, bro. Best selling adult date. Get them out of my chat, bro. Now. <laughs> Get them people out of my chat right now. To press delete. You know what I'm saying? Get them out of my chat, man. My people don't need to be subjected to that abuse. All right? All right. So, um, so I, I call the people on the phone, and I say, uh, I say, hey, man, excuse me. Listen, I have lost my business card. And then 
I need you to mail it to me ASAP. And the lady says, uh, we can get it to you in three days. I say, ma'am, uh, you can't get, I need it tomorrow. She said, sir, we can't get it to you tomorrow. I said, yes, you can. She said, no, no sir, we can't get it to you tomorrow. I said, yes, you can. You, 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 what you mean? I said, if Jamie Diamond wanted it tomorrow, you would get it to him tomorrow. Matter of fact, let me let you understand something, ma'am. My name is Leon Howell, and I own 1,500 shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. I 100% do not feel like as a shareholder of this bank that I cannot get a card for the next day. This is impossible. This is like I said some old crazy word, and then I, you know, you just make up words, right? And then I said at the next shareholder meeting, I will vote and tell them that this person, the time I called, that this was not, I didn't have a good experience, and I don't appreciate it as a shareholder. The lady said, Mr. Howard, you will have your call tomorrow. Put them on everything I love, because I'm standing in front of Anglo House. On the phone, pacing. And the crazy part was, I was so into it, I'm pacing like I'm really mad. I'm, I'm pacing. I can't. I was into it, you know? Like, you know how you, you got to sell it. I had to sell it. You feel me? I had to sell it. I had to sell myself on it. I swear, I did that, bro. And I swear to God, the lady said I will get my, I got my call the next day. And, that's, and here's the thing, that was the only way I was able to go to Orlando because I didn't have my other calls. I promise, yo, my car got shipped the next. Yo, I was like, oh, that's crazy. They really respect the shareholder. I done told that story 10 times, bro. I told, sorry. <laughs> I done told that story 10 times. I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, that's crazy. Anyway, so Jamie Time, man, I had, to, I had to sell myself on it, right? <laughs> and at the time, I didn't even have, I'm going to keep it real with you, I, did not, I do not have 1,500 shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. Let me put that out there first. At the time, I probably only had about 25, right? <laughs> I still don't own 1,500 shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. But at the time, I think right now, I own like 200, but I, I sold it. I sold it. I said, I own 1,500 shares of this bank. I've been doing that for three years. This is, this is preposterous. <laughs> this is preposterous. I came up with some word, and I, was, I promise you. So let me put that out there, right? I do not own 1,500 shares of J.P. Morgan Chase. I'm not going to clap at like that. I would be lying to y'all. But I owned about 25 when I said That was inflation. <laughs> That was inflation. We went with it. All she could do is say no. All she could do is say, I can't help you. I'm going to go, I'm going to double down on it. Call your manager. I need to talk to the manager. I'm going to double down on it. But it went through, man. Anyway, let's move forward, man. I always got a story for something, man. Uh, now go back. So, uh, <coughs> so Jamie Diamond, nah, I don't, I mean, it might don't work no more. It might don't work no more. It might don't work no more. Okay, let me tell you another story right quick, right? This one might get me indicted. No, it ain't. All right, so let me tell y'all something I did. I'm a, I, I can tell the story. I can tell the story. It's not going to get me indicted in a bad way. I mean, it can't prove it, but I mean, here's what happened. The reason why I'm about to say this is because I just said that at the time, they might change the rule. So here's what I did one day. I was a... Uh, 
I'm fighting my charge. And I went to court and a judge said, um, I was fighting a weed charge. Um, at the time I had two weed charges. I was fighting a charge when they kicked my door in and I was fighting a charge when me and my home was in a car. So me and my home was in a car together and the police pulled us over. I had just sold him a QP. Right? The police pulled us over, but he was a three-time felon when the police pulled us over. So me just being a real one, like that's why the streets be putting you in some bad situations sometimes. Streets put you in a bad situation being a real. Right? I knew I had been to jail for attempt murder on robbery, but I had never been to jail for a drug charge. So I already knew that if I caught a drug charge alone, I would only get probation. All my people in the street know how this goes. Right? Nah, just from my because I went to prison for attempt murder on robbery, I am now, this is a marijuana charge. Yes, it's going to be a second strike, but it's only going to be a drug charge, right? So as I'm going to court, the lady said, listen, Mr. Howard, um, um, I bond out, so I'm, I'm going to court, and I had to, um, I had to take a piss test, right? But my silly ass, I went my home was the night before, we smoking. This 2013, yeah, I'm still smoking, right? Smoke, I'm smoked out. I just sell weed, of course I smoke weed, right? So I go to court, and I'm thinking I'm about to, I'm thinking I'm about to just go in and come out. So I go in, they, they, they reset the, the, the date for me to come to court. She said, Mr. Howard, you gotta take a piss test. She said, you gotta take a urine test. And I said, damn. So I look at my lawyer, he said, you clean? I said, hell no, I ain't clean. Fuck. I ain't clean at all. I said, she wasn't supposed to do that. He said, yo, you're fighting a drug charge. I said, all right, bet. But here's what I knew. I knew that I didn't have to take the piss test right then and there. As long as I took it before three o'clock, I was good. Because they're not going to watch me go to the thing. I just knew I had to take it before three o'clock. I was on a 9 o'clock court session, you know what I mean? So look, I leave out the courtroom, I go home. I leave out the courthouse, I go home. Bro, I should not tell this story. I'm going to tell it anyway, shit, I'm here. Fuck it. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, this is almost 10 years ago. It is what it is. <laughs> So listen, so listen, so listen, so listen, so listen, 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 Linda, listen, right? So listen, <laughs> Twitter said he gonna shut me down. I wanna say I gotta do a job no more. All right, so listen, this is what I knew. This, <laughs> so I, I said, all right, shit. So I go home, boom. So they have this this spot. I'm not gonna say no names. I go to the spot and I take the flush. Right, I take the flush. So the flush is horrible though. It's nasty. You gotta drink too much stuff. Like I didn't know you gotta drink this much stuff. Like you gotta drink, you gotta drink the stuff. Then you gotta drink, no, first you gotta drink eight ounces of water. Then you gotta take the flush stuff. And then you gotta drink another eight ounces of water. Yo, I was looking like a pot belly pig. Right? So I'm like, all right, but I'm miserable, bro. So my silly ass, I go get my homie. Um, I was dating a female at the time. My brother just come home from college. I go get him. I'm like, bro, let's play some ball. Because in my mind, you got to sweat it out too. Because I remember being in prison when you take the piss test, we used to drink these quart, these quart containers. 
We drank like three of them quart containers of water. You piss the first one out, everything else is going to be you good as money. Right? It's going to be clear, but you good as money. Right? So I knew the routine. So boom, I'm playing basketball with my partner. We in Comiskey Park. I'm playing basketball. Boom, boom, my partner because I'm from Man City. We playing basketball, bro. I throw everything up. I said, well, that's it. <laughs> that ain't going to work. <laughs> I said, shit. That ain't going to work. Everybody with me right now. Y'all traveling with me right now. Yo, this is a classic story, y'all. This is real life, bro. Listen, I got stories for days, yo. I'm so, I'm so, that's why I'm so grateful for where I'm at right now in my life, right? So I throw that up. So I'm sitting on the court. I'm like, damn. My partner, like, man, what's wrong? I'm like, bro, that's the piss. He's like, what? I said, man, that's the piss, man. That's the detox stuff. I done threw it up, bro. He like, man, what you gonna do? I said, I don't know. But I, I ain't going to jail. He tripping, you hear me? I just bond out twice. I can't, I can't sit in jail to fight a charge, yo. That is the worst thing you could do. So I said, bro, I need you to piss for me. He said, all right, back, cool. I said, but no, I need you to go in there and piss for me. He said, man, I lost your mind. I said, nah, 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 nah. I said, listen, I need you to go in there and piss for me, dog. He's like, bro, I will piss in a balloon. I said, bro, why would I go in there with fake piss? That's that don't make, I'm asking to go to jail. <laughs> I said, I'm asking to go to jail, my nigga. Like, what are we doing? He said, bro, you want me to go? I swear to, I swear to God, yo. If my dog, listen, I will call him on the phone, but I'm not going to do that. I said, bro, I need you to go in there and piss for me. <laughs> Mind you, this dude a freshman in college. He playing football, right? If he, bro, <laughs> Think about it now. Yo, I hate the streets. <laughs> the streets make you put anybody else in jeopardy, dog. The streets make you put in my cousin in here right now. We don't hear some licks together. And I'm thinking right now, I look at my cousin. Like, I should never put my cousin in them dumb ass situations. You feel me? Damn. So here's what happens. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. I say, bro, listen. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to go and piss for me. He said, bro, how the hell am I going there and piss for you, bro? That's the courthouse. I said, I got you. You trust me? Have I ever led you wrong? This is why you got to have a good name. This is why you got to have a good name. I said, have I ever led you wrong? He couldn't do number six. Damn. Now, I did play on the fact that he looked up to me. I did play on the fact that he looked up to me, and I also played on the fact that he was kind of green. Right? So, we go to the court. I said, listen, that's what I need you to do. I said, you clean, right? He said, yeah. I said, you ain't got no steroids, no nothing. You got to be clean. He said, no, man, I'm good. I said, all right, cool. What are we going to do? I said, we're going to act like you're me. He said, how the fuck? I said, listen, the lady don't know if you me or not. All she knows is the name. So all I need you to do is go in there. I said, but we're going to act like you got to hurry up and go to work. I'm going to act like you pissed me off. Because you calling me, you making me late for work. I got to bring you to work. This is a bad situation. So I'm going to go in there pissed off. He like, bro, that shit ain't going to work. I 
seat. <laughs> I said, man, just trust me. So I need you to do it. Trust me. He said, all right, cool. Where my phone at? Get my phone. The black. I said, trust me. He said, all right, bro, I'm going to trust you. So we go in there. Get the black. That's it? All right. Give me, give me, give me. I said, watch this. Let me see. All right. I said, you trust me? I'm going to show y'all something. Show y'all something. Show y'all something. I'll show y'all something. Let me show y'all something. Let me show y'all something. Before I tell a story, I want y'all to. This is on. This is this is real live action right here, y'all. This is real live action right here, y'all. Check me out. This is real live action right here. You ain't never get this nowhere. Else. Real live action right here. I'm sorry. But the- Man, Sosa might be at work. I'm just saying Sosa shit. I don't know who I'm talking about. So I'm putting nobody in trouble. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This is real live action right here, y'all. You get this nowhere else. Y'all get the phone? Nah, man, we over, man. All right, cool. Check it out. So listen, we go in the courthouse. We go in there. I say, listen, you good, son? He said, we good, son. I said, all right, listen. I ain't gonna tell y'all no more of the story. <laughs> Let's go to the next section. <laughs> all right, so Jamie Diamond says, look, see the recession in six to nine months, right? <laughs> Right, he said, see the recession in six to nine months. Right, say so he sees the S&P falling another 20%. Here's the dope part about that, y'all. Here's the dope part about that. That's called a cliffhanger, y'all. I did that on purpose. Right, so, no, nah, nobody can't skate trap, man. Listen, man, I'm told I would never indict myself. Never. All right, so listen, the S&P falling 20%, Right? The S&P falling 20%. Here's the thing about the S&P falling 20%. That'll now bring us back to the 32. That'll now bring us back down to 32. Right? That'll now bring us back down to 32. The 32 now puts us back in position. Now, here's what I want us to understand about going to the 32 and putting us in position. The thing about that is this. The thing about that is this. We will now wipe away all the gains we've made from 2020. But that now puts us back in regular territory where we were before the pandemic. Puts us before the pandemic. Right? So here's the thing. Now, here's what we do. That puts us at a discount price. The thing about being great in this market is being able to get assets at a discount price. Discount prices help us triple our network. Discount price, getting assets at discount prices help us triple our network. 
Y'all feel me on that? Discount prices help us triple our net worth. You feel me? So what? Like so, if he says, "Look, now you got to think about it. This is somebody who is at you know the biggest bank in America, right? So if he says, "Hey man, I can see the S and P falling another twenty percent, but this time it's going to be more painful." Now remember this. I want y'all to look at the correlation of this, right? Look at the correlation of this. The correlation is, remember when the Fed chairman got on that, he said, this time it's going to be painful. We know it's going to be painful, but we're going to use all the tools that we have. So what does that mean? So we got to get in place inflation right now from 8.3%. We got to get it down to 4%. Well, 2%, but 4% at the end of the year. In order to get inflation down, right, in order to get inflation down to 4% by the end of the year from 8.3%, that means we got to do some more tightening. Now, here's what we do understand. We understand that the, that is a, what we call a lagging indicator. That lagging indicator does what? That lagging indicator means because they've hiked prices already, they've hiked rates already. Their hike rates already, that now has to catch up. That has to catch up to where we are. But he's going to keep hike because what he's doing is he's saying, yo, I want to get ahead of it. I want to get ahead of it. If he can get ahead of it, what does that do? That now puts the market kind of driving to what he wants. So now we see somebody like Jamie Dimon and we see other economists say, yo, we're going to see a recession. We're going to see a recession early 2023. But remember, because we've had the negative quarters, we're already typically in one. They talking about going deeper. So here's what I want us to understand. For me, I said, if you can get Apple under 130, this one Apple was at 150, I said, if we can get Apple under 130, that may be an opportunity. I said, if you can get the S&P 500, get the 3200, you'll see so many opportunities that you already wanted to get. Why? Because the market is still quite a bit expensive because the P.E. ratio on an S&P 500 right now is 19. The S&P indicator is normally around 14 to 17. So that means the market is still a little bit expensive. We talking about just looking right here, y'all. We talking about what you call relative. Right? So I want us to look at that. We're looking at where the S&P at right now, which is about 19, P.E. ratio about 19, price to earnings, meaning you're going to pay $19 for $1 of a company's earnings. That's what P.E. tell us. That's what P.E. tell us. Right? So Apple's at 150. I say, yo, if the market can get to 3,200, you probably can get Apple under 130. This put Apple at a sale price, anywhere under 130. Right? So we're just understanding where the market is right now, where the market is going. So if we see pain, 
If we see them using the words like pain, if we see the market on a decline, remember, Apple makes up 7% of what? Apple makes up 7% of the S&P 500. So if we can see Apple go down, we will see the rest of the market going down as well. If we see Apple and Microsoft going down, that makes up 13.6% of the S&P 500. We can see the market going down. That's just some more free game, y'all. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling, man? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? All right, and so now as we tap into that a little deeper, let's look at how growth and value has performed against one another. So we're talking about growth stocks, right? Growth stocks versus value stocks. So we looked at two of the growth and the value ETF by iShares, right? So the value ETF, the value ETF is um, IWIVE, right? It's outperformed growth by 11%. 11.28%, right? But inside that IVE, you have what? Berkshire Hathaway makes up 3.10%. Johnson Johnson makes up 2.7%. JP Morgan makes up 2.65%. Exxon makes up 2.34%. Procter Gamble makes up 1.9%. These are the biggest five holdings. These are the biggest five holdings, right? But then you have the growth ETF IVW, which is 14% of that is Apple. 14% of that is Apple. 11.85% of that is Microsoft. 6.84% um, of that is Amazon. Tesla makes up 4.82%. Um, Facebook Meta makes up 4.28%. So now we're looking at, we're looking at two ETF that represents two different um, Pattern. So you're looking at growth pattern and you're looking at value pattern. What happens? Well, since 2002 to now, when we zoom out, value has outperformed growth. From 2002 till now, what is that saying? That means, yes, you may have some years where growth is 100% dominant, but anytime the market gets an end type of inflection point, the market will automatically gravitate back towards where the value is. Because value equals safety, value equals stability. Make sense? So I'm not saying to get either one of these, but these are two ways where you can look at how growth has outperformed value or how value has outperformed growth. Because when you're looking at CNBC and these other things, they're always, hey, well, the market is in the growth, the market is in value. We're going from growth value, now's the time to be in that. What you need to do is find what works for you, but understand that over a 20-year time period, value has outperformed growth. Value is whooping growth, but woo, we trapping right now, man. <laughs> Let's go, man. So, uh, I want to show them a commercial right quick. Let's put that travel apparel commercial up right quick, man. Let me see that. Tell me I hear the sound. To their family, turning their last name to an asset and taking good seeds and putting in good soil. So listen, man, if you want to build wealth, if you're dedicated to the journey, come join the family and Travis Anonymous. Big Trap, Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall 
Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. Wall Street looks like us now. What's good? What's good? What's good? It's your boy. Listen, listen, listen. So I definitely want us to truly understand what Trappers Anonymous is, what Trappers Anonymous represents. Right? So Trappers Anonymous represents a group of people who look, feel, and identify with the journey of what it takes to build wealth. Right? To all my people in the trap, I want to tell you, man, welcome home. To all my trappers, welcome home, y'all. Welcome home, y'all. Right? To all my new trappers who want to join a group, man, listen, man. Our whole soul group, everything in Trappers Anonymous is about helping you not only just transform your mindset, but also helping you understand that you can build wealth through investing in the stock market. Like planting and watering up your belief system. Like letting you understand no matter where you start and no matter if you want to get one shares, five shares, ten shares, this is the group, this is the community for you. We want to take on that mantra to understand that Wall Street looks like us now. And that is simply saying, yo, that no matter where you come from, no matter what your race is, no matter what it is, like you are truly serious and you want to build wealth, this is the group, this is the community to help you on that journey. So come be a part of the family. And as always, welcome home, y'all. All right, man. So let's move, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. So, uh, man, the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Like if you don't know who that is, those are the people that are responsible for like making sure everybody trade is equal, making sure trade amongst countries are equal, right? Is responsible for making sure economic policy across the world is equal. These are like the people, like if you was playing Monopoly, these are the people that sit on the sideline making sure nobody ain't cheating, right? So they came out and they measured growth in the economy in the glo- from a global standpoint. So they said they're cutting global growth, not just United States growth, I mean, not just, you know, the America. They're saying global growth is going to decrease to 2.6% globally. The cause is the Ukraine war. Remember, they just blew up a bridge over there that was a pipeline. That bridge was a pipeline. That bridge was a pipeline that Russia blew up over there. Right? High inflation because inflation is high all over the world. Inflation is high all over the world, which now causes energy and food prices to go up. And then the China lockdown. Why is this important? Well, because China is what, y'all? A manufacturing and agricultural powerhouse. When they have a lockdown, when they don't have things going on, that means everybody else is going to feel that. And so because everybody is now feeling that, what happens is this now causes growth to slow down. We talk about a 2.6%. That is not good, y'all. But I will say it is necessary. It is necessary because the world... The world, the world got inflated during the pandemic. So the pandemic wasn't just a 
one country thing. Everybody around the world was affected by the pandemic. So everybody's central brink around the world flooded these people with money. America just did the most. All right, let's go, man. I want to break that down to y'all, man. Let's go, let's go, let's go. All right, so here's the thing. Here's what I want you to understand. If you invested $1,000 in the S&P 500 from 1970 to 2019, you would have returned $138,908. Now, here's why I dug into this. Here's why I dug into this. If you missed the best five days of the market during that time period, the best Five days, meaning five days that had the most explosive growth during that time period, right? Instead of having 138980 you had $90,171. That's if you miss five days. Watch how I make this make sense, y'all. If you miss the best 25 days between 1970 and 2019, you now had a return of 32000 $763. Watch this. What does this mean, Trap? That means the best way to capitalize from being in the market is to stay in the market and play the long game. The best way to capitalize on what the market does is by playing the long game. It's not trying to pick the bottom. Some of the stocks that you want to own is 25, 30, 40, 50% down. All I'm saying is no one can predict the bottom. One person did. He passed away in 2009. You cannot predict the bottom. You cannot predict the bottom. So the best way to make this market work for you the way you want it to work for you is to play the long game. Now, I'm not saying other things ain't better, but y'all know what I was saying. Time in the market is better than timing the market. This game requires you to understand data. And I'm going to be real with y'all. Yo. I like to have fun. I like to play around. Yo, I am not the smartest person in the chat. I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. I'm proud of the crayon in the box that got the paper toe off it, the tip tone off it. It's probably like not even the whole crayon. It's like a three-quarter of a, Like, I'm that crayon. Some of y'all are like fluorescent pink, bright green, the cool black, the silver, the gray. Some of y'all are crayon in a 32-pack. Some of y'all are crayon in a 34-pack. I'm the crayon in the 8-pack, and I'm the one that fell out the bottom. It broke. You got to put it back in. It's just the bottom, the top gone. The people. <laughs> I'm the fat crayon, you know what I mean? I'm in a fat crayon. <laughs> Damn, box of bitches get eight. You feel me? <laughs> you feel me? So a lot of y'all are really smart. A lot of you are really intelligent. A lot of y'all are brilliant. The difference in this is this game doesn't intimidate me because of what I came from. One because I'm one because I'm not scared to lose money. I don't have that type of attachment to money. I understand that money is a tool, not a goal, and it's used to leverage my life. Now I'm not the person to tell you don't go get your money. That ain't me, right? Right? I'm not 
not the person to tell you, don't go get your money. But what I will tell you is, once you learn how to leverage your money, once you learn how to do that, you truly can dominate this game. Let's go, man. How y'all feeling, man? I hope everybody feeling good. Make sure you like and subscribe to this, man. Right, these are the three largest economies in the world, man. Um, and they are all stalled for growth. Europe, the United States, and China. These are the big three, y'all. These are the big three. These are the big three. These are the powerhouses of the world. Europe, United States, China. Right, we're talking about economies. We're talking about, um, now, truly, I believe that Africa is like the biggest, but it's a lot, it's raw. Right, like Africa has a lot of raw um, economics going on. I believe in the next 10 to 15 years, like Africa will truly be um, the powerhouse it should be. So much tech, so much future, so many great things happening in Africa. Um, I definitely think there are so many investing opportunities there in Africa for us, right? But right now, these are the biggest, the world's three largest economies moving. And I think we just, when we looking at that and we see that the world is truly like in a decline, we look at how these people are moving. How these people move say a lot, man. Let's go, man. I just want to put that spread some light on that. Yep, Africa's underdeveloped, man. All right, so something I saw that was real dope, right? Something I saw that was real dope uh, is, is on my research. Um, burger King is no longer the number two burger food chain. So it was McDonald's and Burger King. Well... Burger King lost its number two spot to Wendy's. Oh, Wendy's, man. Uh, and it actually surpassed Wendy's and Subway. Now, the thing about this is, Wendy's actually has the less, lesser amount of stores. So Burger King has 7,000 stores. Subway has 2,300 stores. Wendy's has 6,000 stores. It actually surpassed Subway and Burger King. I was amazed by that. I was amazed. Of course, you know the big dog is McDonald's. Like, ain't nobody selling more burgers and fries than McDonald's. But definitely, I was shocked and surprised by that. Let's go. But watch this, right? Who's, when I, so, you know me, I got a little more deeper. So I saw a survey that said that um, KFC had the fastest drive-through of all. Now, I know I'm thinking Chick-fil-A. But here's the thing, watch this. Watch this. Chick-fil-A had the longest at eight minutes, but they had the most crowded. Chick-fil-A had the longest lines with eight minutes, but they were the most crowded. The average wait time, we looked at it, was KFC, Taco Bell was getting the job done. Right, KFC, Taco Bell, Hardee's, Dunkin' Dunkin', Carl's Jr., Arby's, McDonald's, Wendy's, and Chick-fil-A. Now, here's the dope part about that. 
KFC and Taco Bell are owned by Yum Brands. So it's KFC, Taco Bell's, Pizza Hut. They're all owned by Yum Brands. And then Burger King is owned through QSR, which is international food brands that actually have Burger King and Popeyes. Because Al Copeland sold Popeyes to QSR. Yo, I'm traveling right now. Let's go, y'all. Next. <laughs> right? Um, so I'm saying that to say that you can, if you wanted to invest in KFC, uh, KFC Pizza Hut or Taco Bell, you could invest in Yum Brands. And here's the dope part about that. When I found that over a while back, this is why you will see, like when you go out of town a lot, you'll see that, you'll see that connection. They have the KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut connection. They have the KFC Taco Bell Pizza Hut connection. The reason why is because they all fall under Yum Brands. And Burger King falls under that international food restaurant brand, QSR, and Chick-fil-A is not even, they private. They say they ain't never gone. So I just want to give y'all some, just some game on that. Just some game on that. You know what I'm saying? Just some game on that. You feel me? I can't even chat. All right, man. So listen, man. So um, Intel. Intel bought a cell driving company, Mobileye, for $15 billion. Now, here's the thing about that. The thing about that is, as Intel tries to, uh, what do you call it? Reinvent itself. Because they, they've been getting beaten up for a minute. As Intel tries to reinvent itself, but also Hyundai, also is getting into the electric vehicle space, right? So here's the thing about the electric vehicle space. It's, it's, very, it's going to be a very intriguing space. It's going to be a very intriguing space. I remember I looked back at Back to the Future, man. I always go, that's one of my favorite movies, right? Martin McFly, McFly! Um, I'm waiting for the hoverboard to come out, bro. Not the one with the wheels that we got now. I want the silver surfer. The silver surfer, baby. I want that thing, bro. I'm waiting for that thing. I, no, I need, I don't care how old I am. I don't care if I'm 60, 70, I'm getting on it. I don't care. I don't care if I'm 60 or 70, I'm Don't, don't fly over water. That's what got my fly caught up, right? Uh, but yeah, man, Intel bought a self-driving car company, Mobileye, for $15 billion. So I, again, you know, we talked about this a while back about getting into the, I talk, we talked about getting into the electric vehicle space. The car companies, the battery companies, um, the charging stations, like this, this is a place this is a place to be <laughs> to say, I want to do a surf a two track. <laughs> do it in the chat, you hear me? <laughs> right? Um, so definitely get that, man. That's, I, I want to dig a little deep into this, though. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I want to dig a little deep into this. Right? Trouble. 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 Right? Uh, man, that slick said, oh, this is 
my dog Slick said in the chat, man. Why do I feel like I'm late, though? I wonder if that Slick said in the chat. I was in the pen with Slick said. His name is Cedric Holmes, too, though. All right, check it. So, last week we talked about Rivian. Just when we talk about them. Just when we talk about them a couple weeks ago, and I said, yo, did they put Tesla in the blender? Did they put Tesla in the blender and no less than a week later, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Rivian has to recall 13,000 of its cars because of a steering wheel issue. Now, they were on pace to make, hit their bargain, their number, which was 25,000. Right? 25,000. They had to do a little bit more than say they had to do almost 11,000. Right? They had to do almost 11,000 cars this last quarter to hit the quota. Here's what happens. They had to recall almost 98%. They had to recall almost 98% of every car they had out there. Oh, that ain't you. All right, say it. All right, say it. All right. Let's keep you off the pin, fam. We don't need you in the pin. You hear me? <laughs> my dog Slick said it was a G, though. Uh, so, yeah, man, they had to. So, here's my, here's my thought on that. Here's my thought on that, right? Um, they still can't hit the 25,000 cars by the end of the year, but here's my thing. You now have to take all those cars back. And they say they can get it fixed in 30 days. They say they can get it fixed in 30 days. But to go back and fix that now, am I really going to trust the 15,000, the 11,000 that you got to put out there now? You feel what I'm saying? Like if you had trouble with the first 13, they had to have a recall. So now you got to get them back. You got to fix them. You said that can take about 30 days. What that does is that now pushes back the other 11,000 that you had to get out. 11 and 12 that you had to get out. So can you still hit that number? Now, if you do hit that number, what is the functionality? Ooh, I went dug that up just now. I went dug that up just now. I went dug that up just now. What is the functionality of the last 11,000 that you're going to put out there? Are you putting them out just to make quota or are you putting them out are you putting out an excellent product? That's the pressure that Tesla can put on you when you say I'm going to compete with the big dog. The, oh, it's a lesson. It's a lesson. It's a lesson. It's a lesson, Jose. It's a lesson. Watch this. As an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur, stop trying to compete with someone who has already been in the game 10, 11 years before you, five, six years before you. They have room forever. Give yourself time to grow. Give yourself time to master what you have. Give yourself time to understand your business. Don't put the unnecessary pressure on yourself by trying to compete with someone who is already established 
and prospering in this business. Look at the business model, look at the blueprint, but understand that you don't gotta compete, right? You don't gotta compete. You have to just keep growing. Watch this. On the Joe Budden show, I'm talking to Joe and his crew, great team. I said, man, what episode you on? He said, man, we on episode, I think, 700 or something, or 500 or something. He said, but when we add in the Patreon episodes, we probably about 700 or something. Something like that. They on episode 500 with the Patreon, they had 700 or something. So I said, Joe, I said, what is the, the, the sauce to get into show 500 or something? He says, it's consistency. Because every show going to teach you something else. You're going to learn more about yourself. You're going to learn more about your crew. You're going to learn more about your product. You will stifle. Oh, I'm digging these words up right now, boy. I'm digging them up, Jose. You will stifle your growth comparing yourself to someone else who is way ahead of you. Yo, I'm on episode nine. Why would I be trying to compare myself with these people that episode 400 or something? I'm putting unnecessary pressure on me. Yo, I'm on episode 10. Yo, how do we put out another 10 good episodes? All right, boom, on episode 20. How do we put out another 20 good episodes? Trouble, trouble, trouble. Shout out to the OG Bernie Mac, man. We miss you, King. Let's go, man. Now, check this out. Just doubling down on that, I saw that used car sales are down, but yet the prices are up. This is the first year-to-year drop in used car sales since 2020. The industry itself is down 13%. The industry itself is down 13%. Right? Go a little further. Let's go a little further. Right? Let's go a little further. Check it. Here are the big dogs in the used car industry. CarMax, Carvana, and Lithia. Now check this out. CarMax is down 52%. Carvana, 93%. But check this out. Check this out. I should have put something else in there because while used cars are down, here's what people are going to do. So I should, see, now that I'm thinking, I should have doubled down in it. I should, I'm going to put it up next week, though. I should have doubled down in it. You can also look at companies now like LKQ and Copart. Why? Because instead of people going buy new cars or buy used cars, the average used car price is about $31,000 right now, right? Instead of doing that, people are now going to LKQ and Copart to do what? Buy savage parts, salvage parts to fix their car with. Going to Mannheim, the auto dealer, buying auto parts, pull apart, Fix the, why? Because we're in an economy where people would, would rather refurbish than go buy. 
this is how you play the market in cycles. Understanding what we said earlier, each economic cycle, each business cycle presents opportunity for different businesses. This is what your auto zones do good at. This is what your auto park companies do good at. This is what you see their revenue. This so now if you see, look how you use this to your, this how you use this to your advantage. If you look at this, okay, these are down. So now with earnings seasons coming up, let me go look at AutoZone, LKQ, and all of these salvage park companies to see how their revenue and earnings have increased because we see that the used cost sales are down. If used cost sales are down, also new cost sales are down. So that means people are now fixing cars and getting salvage parts to fix their old cars. So let me look at these companies so I can see where the opportunity is. And I'ma keep running cause the love is shit. It's not about understanding how the game being played. That's all it's about. All right, let's go, man. I ain't gonna dwell on it. I wanna bring it, I wanna revisit this again so we can understand it. I wanna revisit this so we can understand it. There's power in a recession, y'all. There's power in a recession. They drive asset prices down. They drive asset prices down. They drive long-term opportunities for growth after. So what does that mean? If the recession is driving asset prices down, if a recession is driving asset prices down, If a recession is driving asset prices down, then after the asset prices go down, the next thing we know is after a bear market, after a recession, we go to a business cycle, growth. We're just talking basic economics here, Jose. Gee, we're talking basic economics here. We say after the peaks, after the growth cycle comes the peak cycle. Now this could take a year. Right, so after the growth cycle comes the peak cycle. After the peak cycle comes recession, trough, after trough, growth. Growth, peak, recession, trough. Growth, peak, recession, trough. Growth, peak, sunset, sundown, sunrise. Sunset, sunrise. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Winter, spring, it don't stop. be cheaper. I know in the winter I can look at some shorts and stuff. It's going to be cheaper. Winter clothes are asset in the summer, but only the people that got the eye for it can see it. I just bought an asset on sale. Why? Because if I don't got a coat in the winter, 
winter, then I'm gonna freeze. The best time to buy a winter coat is in the summer. <laughs> That's too much sauce. That's too much sauce. That's too much sauce. smarter than what they give you credit for. You smarter than what you give yourself credit for. You just gotta sit there and look at how do I make this make sense to this? How did the stock market make sense to me? Because it reminds me of the streets. But not just the streets, from hustling and, and doing the illegal part, it reminds me of everyday living. It reminds me of everyday living. You smarter than you think you are. Stop buying to the system that you don't under that that you not smart enough, but they gotta do it for you. Yo, you don't gotta know calculus. I don't know trigonometry. I don't know. I'm not that good. I don't. After one plus one, after multiplication, I kind of get stuck. You gotta switch the decimal too many times. That's I'm good. If I gotta switch the decimal too many times, I'm straight. Alright, so skill sets offer more opportunity than jobs during a recession for sure. Why? Because jobs lay off, jobs cut back, jobs furlough, but a skill set you can have for a lifetime. Learning how to invest is a skill set. So here's the power in a recession. They drive assets prices down, they drive long-term growth opportunities after that, and then skill sets flourish during recessions. Let's go, man. Right? But also inside of it, I want you to understand this. In order to succeed in this type of recession, in order to succeed, one, you have to see value when other people see price. You have to see value when other people see price. What does that mean, Trap? Well, when I'm buying something, I'm asking myself, where's the value in it when other people only worry about how much it costs? Does the value, watch this, does the value exceed the price over time? If I pay $97 for something, can I make $97 97 times I'm okay. If I pay $20,000 for something, during the lifetime of this investment, does the lifetime of this investment reward me or give me an ROI of $20,000 or more? May not always be in cash, but may be in knowledge and information that I can apply. Can apply. You have to see value when others see price because because people didn't do good with their money when the market was good, they damn sure ain't gonna do good with it when the market is bad. They gonna hold on to it even more so. So what happens is, if I can see value while all you looking at price, I'm gonna be always 10 steps ahead of you. During a recession, you have to see information and data, not the headlines. So while the headlines are made to scare people, I'm looking at the data. One of the things that we're going to always do here is we're going to pay attention to data. We don't care what they're talking about in the headlines because they're trying to make us go one way or another. We're looking at data. 
The next thing is, I see opportunity when everybody else seeing opposition. I'm always looking at where's the opportunity at here. The next thing, I'm thinking long term while everybody else thinking short. So everybody looking at what's going on right now, I'm asking myself, what happens on the backside of this? Everybody asks me, can I flip my money now? I'm saying, can I make the right investment now that keeps flipping for me later? Because I measure success not by how much money I have now, but how many generations I can expose to the opportunity. We measure success different. We measure wealth different. You measure yours by how much money in your bank account. I'm measuring mine by how much uh, freedom I can give a few generations. And the last one I want you to understand is you have to think and follow your game plan and not the crowd. Why? Because the crowd will make sure everybody lose money. I've heard people say this all the time and I'm not going to say you wrong for that because they, they are the best company. But when you say, man, just buy Apple, Tesla, Amazon, Microsoft, Google right now, those stocks are down a lot. And so why do everybody's, why does everybody portfolio down right now? Because everybody owns those five. Everybody owns those five. And I always say it, man, a great business at the wrong price isn't a good investment. Now, I'm not saying you're wrong for that. What I'm saying is we're looking at the biggest companies in America and they down the most, they down right now heavy, then this is why your portfolio down. But if you learn to do a little research, stop saying what you can't do, start saying, I just need to learn it. Stop saying, how much does this cost? And say, if I get this, how far can I go? You feel? It's a difference. So the reason why I'm going to look at the game and I'm going to approach the game different is because I'm approaching the game from my data and information. I'm approaching the game from not that it's a recession. I'm reporting the game that this is an amazing opportunity that you get once every 20 years. We didn't get this. The last time we got this opportunity was 2008. And I'm going to keep it real. Most of us wasn't in the right state to take advantage of that then. We, after this one, we probably won't get another opportunity like this to 2035. 2030. It comes once every 10 to 12 years. But what happens if you make the right investments now? What happens when you learn a game now when the next one happen? You're like, oh, I did this before. Remember what we said in the beginning. Success is how you handle obstacles that you've already faced. All right, let's go a little further, man. This is just how you build wealth in a recession, man. So this segment here is brought to you by learning the lingo. Learning the lingo is one of my favorite sections because it helps us take the terminology that's used inside of the market and use it to our 
advantage. So today's learning lingo is derivative, right? Right? Derivative is just simply a, uh, a rate of exchange, a function um, of a certain variable. So let me break that down, right? So it's a financial contract, right? It's a financial contract where the value of the contract is based on the underlying asset, right? So the value of something is based on the underlying asset, group of assets, or a benchmark, essentially an option. So the value of an option, the value of an option is first based off the underlying asset. So if you get an Apple contract, the value of the Apple contract is first based on Apple itself. If you get a QQQ contract, the contract is based on the benchmark of the NASDAQ itself. Right? So a derivative is just another word for option or contract. Right? So they don't just say options, they say derivatives. Right? You feel me? Hey, Frank, check it out. Frank, so I, I just saw this in the comment. I want to answer this. Frank said, hey, Chad, you bring good information, but most people can't steal for two hours. Maybe you can bring it up. Frank, no, I can't. You need to take the 36 O's, but here's how you break it up. During the week, guess what we do? We chop the work down for you during the week, Frank. So come back to the channel, Frank. When Tuesday, Wednesday, you have a segment. Come back Thursday, Frank, you have a segment. Come back Friday, Frank, we have another segment. Come back Saturday, Frank, we have another segment. Come back Sunday, Frank, we got another segment. We take a rest Monday and we back at it, Frank. So no, I cannot chop it down today. I'm going to always give you two hours, but you come back every day. You're going to get a segment every day, family. But look, check this out. If you're in your car driving, look, you go download it on Google, Spotify, Apple, and we do the same thing. We give you something on Thursday for two hours that's this episode then Friday we give you something Saturday we give you something Sunday we give you something Monday we give you something no Frank I can't shorten this down but here's why you got to come back to the channel and get the segment you want and then Tuesday you being all caught up on everything Frank and you ready to rock again with me again I appreciate you for that comment Frank so now, Frank, because you, I know you feel like the two hours is a little bit too long, I need to, you need to make sure that you download this. You need to make sure that you come back every day for 30 minutes or 15 minutes. You need to make sure that you download it on Google, Spotify, Apple, so you can get everything, Frank. Thank you for being here tonight. I mean, I look forward to seeing your review on everything. I, that, so I mean, Frank, that means that I'm going to see you download everything, Frank. That means I'm going to see you like and subscribe and comment on every episode, right, Frank? Right, Frank? That's what, I, that's, what I, that's what that mean. Right? I got you, Frank. So that's what that mean. Okay, moving forward. <laughs> Salute to Frank for letting me get that out there like that. Right? Right? So, man, uh, this week, we are looking at our certified trapper of the week. I'm here with somebody amazing. This week's certified trapper of the week, one of the things I started off was, I started off by, you know, just highlighting great investors. I started off by highlighting 
you know, like the Warren Buffetts and everybody else. But I realized that there are so many great people of our culture that don't get enough highlight and recognition. And so this week, our certified trap of the week is Maggie Lena, Maggie L. Walker. Right, so Maggie L. Walker was the first African-American woman to charter a bank and the first African-American woman to be a president of a bank. Right? So uh, she believed that since African-American community wasn't getting served financially by the financial markets, those improvements will have to come by us. Right, she charted the St. Luke Penny Savings Bank. Right, um, she will go on to also serve at bringing other female board members for her bank, and then she later on merged her bank with two other banks. Will grew generations. Will grew for several generations as an African American owned institute. Right, she even watch this. This. Uh, nope, she wasn't it last week. It was Madam C.J. Walker. Um, she even had a school, Maggie Walker High School in Richmond, Virginia. She also served as an honorary master's degree from Virginia University. That's real dope. That's real dope. But last but not least, this is the part I found immaculate. She was inducted into the Business Hall of Fame in 2001. She was inducted to the Business Hall of Fame in 2001. Virginia, stand up, man. Maggie L. Walker, man. Let's give her a round of applause, y'all. Let's clap for that, man. Let's go, man. Let's go, man. So, man, this segment is brought to you by... None other than Trap Up Peril Inc. again, man. Listen, I want you to understand something, man. Like, <laughs> I want you to understand something, man. Like, if you are truly serious about investing in the stock market, yo, this is your uniform. Shout out to all my trappers that showed up this week, right? Who was in New York? Shout out for the billboard. If you pass by Times Square, that's right, you will see us, man. We the second largest billboard. In Times Square. Check us out, man. It's all love, man. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Listen, man, Trapper Apparel Inc. is what I have on right now. It's with my crew. It's what the team wears, man. It's the uniform. If you are serious about building wealth, if you are serious about changing the dynamics of your family, if you are serious, if you are truly serious about playing this game for the long term, you 100% need to have on Trapper Apparel Inc. Listen, so... Today's breaking down a brick is Coca-Cola, right? And so one of the reasons why we talk about Coca-Cola is simple, man. Coca-Cola is a big, huge conglomerate, right? Coca-Cola is a huge conglomerate. It owns several businesses. Remember we talked about it last week? Warren Buffett gets $170 million a quarter in dividends from Coca-Cola. That is crazy. 
That is crazy. Right, but Coca-Cola has so many other brands under it, man, from Fanta, Coca-Cola, Sprite, uh, man, it goes so, uh, one of the things that Coca-Cola did that was amazing, Coca-Cola allowed Monster Energy Drink to rent some of its shelf space, right, this is how Monster became one of the number one brands inside of the energy drink system, so what it did was, it partnered with Coca-Cola, it sold a portion of its business to Coca-Cola, and let Coca ask Coca-Cola, can I rent some of your shelf space? Right? Can I rent some of your shelf space? Coca-Cola allowed Monster Energy to rent some of its shelf space. Now, Coca-Cola not only owns some of Monster Energy's drink, so it's like Monster, that was a great, that was a great deal right there. But Monster won because Monster what? Became the number one energy drink. All right. So man, check out Coca-Cola, man. It's definitely a, a big brand. So I just like to dig deeper, me. Right? I just like to dig like deeper when I'm into something. Um, so here's what I looked up, man. I realized that uh so Pepsi realized that it could not compete with Coca-Cola when it came to actual beverages. So what Coca, what Coca, what Pepsi did was Pepsi be, became real heavy in the snack brand, right? Pepsi became real big in the snack brand. But I like to look at like where it coming. So we got McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, Sonic, Chick Fil A. In and out, Subway, Cheesecake Factory, Friday's Cracker Barrel, uh, Robin, Red Robin, and Domino's. Now, here's the dope part about that. Coca-Cola, if you look at it, Coca-Cola and some of the biggest brands in fast food. McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's, these are the top three. Subway, these are the top four burger franchises. They there. Sonic, In-N-Out, Cheesecake Factory, Friday's Cracker Barrel, but then the number one pizza franchise in Domino's. Right? So we, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Right? But then Pepsi didn't play, but they were like, okay, KFC, Wild Wings, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Panera, IHOP, Lil' Caesar's, Taco Bell. So it was, I was looking at how they, you know, playing in and out of each other. Um, again, man, Coca-Cola Coca and Pepsi always going to be at battle. So I always love looking at that. Speaking of that, before I go to this next segment, I want to talk about um, just Amazon Prime understanding the battle that it's up against. It actually had Prime Day again today. That lets you know that the economy is in a steep place because Amazon is doubling back to touch the retailers again. It just had Prime Day. They did another Prime Day again today. I'm going to wait to get those numbers and I'll definitely talk about it again next week. But when you see a company like that double dip, you always know something is going like, oh, they double dipping. They never had to do that before. But they also double dipping because they also had to took a huge multi-billion dollar loss with Rivian. Don't let that miss. So how did they do that? They took a big, huge loss with Rivian, forward exited the chat, Amazon took that L, but what else did they do? They doubled back and said, yo, we'll make that back up with another Prime Day. So Amazon did another Prime Day today, man. So I just want to put y'all up on that. Let's get into this one of my, this is my favorite segment of all time. Y'all know what it is. 
It's the well track. Now, this is not, the well track isn't always about having a long, intense bar. Sometimes I always look for something that's real simple. Today it was something dope when I found it. said It was simple. It said, Drake said, never loan somebody what you need right back. That's enough. That's a well-track just by itself. Never loan somebody what you need right back. Leave it right there. The reason why that's important is this, man. Sometimes on our journey, we always want to help people out. We want to help people out. We want to do things we overextend ourselves. And when you overextend yourself sometimes, you're putting yourself in a bad situation. Putting yourself in that bad situation can be stressful monetarily if you need that money in the moment. You're lending somebody something that you don't have. And the one thing that we know that causes stress between people is money. The one thing, the one thing we know that causes friction between human beings, and I don't care what ethnic group you belong to, is money. Never loan people money that you need right back. Also, I'm going to just keep it 100. I'm going to double down on that. Never loan somebody money that you need. When you loan somebody money that you need, you're going to go back and look for that. If I loan somebody some money, I'm going to just keep it real. In my mind, I'm not getting that back. I'm just keeping it real. Because as long as I've been on this earth, what I've realized is this. When you loan somebody some money, seven out of ten times, they're going to forget when they got to pay it back to you. Just keeping it real. Seven out of ten times. And I don't like asking you for my money back. Because I have a conflict of interest like, damn, like I got to ask them for that back. I'm going to feel like I'm going to suck for asking you for it back. Okay, I'm speaking about myself here. You feel me? Like, in my mind, I be like, I go to question myself, like, damn, like, I wonder if I'm, I wonder if I'm down bad for asking them for my money back. You feel me? Like, 
on, I'm broke, baby. Ain't got no money? Bullshit. I see you shining, nigga. I can smell a motherfucker with money. <laughs> you feel me? You feel me? And then I be like, damn, well, why I gotta ask for it back? Why I gotta ask for it back? I ain't asked you for it, you asked me for it. So for me, I'ma just tell you when I loan somebody some money, in my mind, I just be like, I ain't gonna get that back. Which makes me real cautious about loaning money out. Which makes me cautious about loaning money. I be like, I don't got it. And the truth of the matter is, all my money tied up in investments. <laughs> all my money tied up in investments. All my money tied up in investments. So here's the thing, why that's a well track for me is because if you don't want to lose friends, if you don't want to lose people you close to, if you don't want disdain between you and your loved ones or you and somebody you call your day one, keep money out the thing. If you're going to give them the money, just give it to them from, from the heart and be like, you good? I ain't tripping. That's just my twack on that. That's why I love when I saw it. I said, that's a, win. That's a banger right there. I said, that's a banger right there. Don't loan some money, somebody some money that you need right back. All right, man. Listen. So, man, this is an amazing show, man. You know what I'm saying? This is a good one here, y'all. This is a good one. 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 I'll be tapping for a minute. Uh, what I want to do, man, y'all know I like to end every show on what I like to call wise words from the OG. Right? This is truly when I just like to have my talk with y'all one-on-one. Like, I like to take us through a story from every episode. Right? I like to go through the good. I like to go through the bad. I like to tell you some stories about my life. I go into my God bag with God be touching me. We go into our financial literacy bag. We go into our investment bag. I answer some comments in the chat. Because it's a live show. But this is the part here where I like to really take it serious. On the road to success and investing in business, you have to become an independent thinker. We must create a vision of what wealth looks like to us in the most genuine form. Not in the form that the rap music has told us. Not in the form of what TV entertainment has told us, but in the form of what fits us the best. I want you to put your wealth glasses on and ask yourself, what does wealth look like two and three generations from now? We talked about the market being a forward-looking mechanism. Now we're going to talk about you being a forward-looking 
mechanism. I anchored you to that earlier for a reason. I want you, as you make moves today, as you invest today, I want you to think about how many generations will benefit from what you do today. What are some of the obstacles that you would want the next generation to not go through? What are some of the gifts that you would want the next generation to walk into? What are some of the activities that you want to be normalized for the next generation? You must have clarity. We must have clarity on how our family will prosper from every endeavor that we think of. We must have clarity on the principles, values, and the mission statement that we establish moving forward. We must be invested. We must be invested in the end result. We must be invested in the process and we must be invested in the sacrifice that it'll take. When we dig a little deeper, we must be invested in the mindset that's required. Because see, the Vanderbilts was at one time the most richest Wealthiest family in America. The Vanderbilts. What an amazing family. A family that introduced and dominated the railroad system. But yet a family that is never mentioned with the Rockefellers or the Rothschilds or the Walmarts or the J.P. Morgans, a family that's never mentioned. Why aren't the Vanderbilts never mentioned? Well, because when he died and he left all that wealth to his sons, they squandered it. They squandered it. And so all that hard work, all that genius that it took for him to build that, it only took one generation to squander it. One son went to the army and got killed. The next son squandered it because he wasn't ready. What do we do to heal that financial drama? I want you to understand that 
when we're building wealth, there's never a place where we say, I'm comfortable. There's a reason why Carl Icahn continues to learn the game so he can pass it down to his son. It's the reason why he taught his son everything he knew about investing. And so now his son makes him billions of dollars a year. It's because in his old age, he know that he got to pass away. But guess what he do know? I taught my son the game. And when my son has kids, my son can now teach his son the game. And my, his son can teach his son the game. You know why? Because once we learn to dominate this market, we will always have our wealth anchored to it. We will always understand how to buy businesses. We will always understand how to evaluate businesses. We will always understand how to get a great investment from a business. You know why? Because if businesses stop operating, then America will collapse. And businesses is the bloodline of America. So as long as you learn how to run a business, as long as you learn how to operate a business, as long as you learn how to make a business become profitable, as long as you learn how to invest in a business, and then when you learn how to sell the business, you can sustain wealth. I always say we spend our money three ways. Information, access, and assets. You get the information, you get the access and you become the asset. And when you become the asset, you can now pass that down generation after generation after generation. The goal is not to just be great at stocks. The goal is to be great at investing. Because unlike contrary belief, unlike what the message has been all over social media, you don't have to be an entrepreneur to build wealth. You do not have to be an entrepreneur to build wealth. Every person does not have to learn how to build a billion dollar business. But every person needs to learn how to invest in one. Money is a tool, not a goal. The information shows you how to leverage that tool. A hammer without the right knowledge will be mistaken for a jackknife or a jackhammer. But a hammer with the right knowledge can build an empire. Shabota Wall Street Trapper. I look forward to seeing you next week. Tuesday, 7 o'clock, same time, same place, same goddamn glasses. Make sure every Thursday you tune into and download on all streaming platforms.
so we can become the number one show in business and investing. We do it together. We'll do it as a family. It's your boy, the Wall Street Trapper. Welcome home.